Today's guest is an acupuncturist and a her Chinese herbalist specializing in all things hormonal skin digestion. I would like to welcome Ms. Maria Rafferty to Skin Deep Podcast. On Instagram, you'll find her as The Hormonal Coach. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank Great you. to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. My pleasure. Warm welcome to you and thanks for making the trip from Belfast down to Dublin. Oh, I'll do anything to talk about periods. It's okay. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's what you're here for. Um, I want to, I want, I would like you to tell me, first of all, about people who seek out your services. What would be a typical person coming to you looking for help or assistance? How are they presenting? Okay, well, initially when I started off, it would have been fertility, infertility, um, IVF support, Primarily, that was the bulk of what I did. And then, two and a half years ago, I started an Instagram, an Instagram page, The Hormone Health Coach. And thankfully, since that, things are changing somewhat. Um, I, I have now got women coming with severe period pain, with irregular cycles, with digestion problems, acne. Um, things that they didn't... Things, things that women were putting up with before they mm -hmm. weren't reaching out to get support with um, a lot of these things are kind of classed as being normal for women but then it was but now they're coming in to me before whereas they used to believe they had to wait until they had a fertility problem before they could seek help okay yeah excellent and I guess whereas not knowing where to go I love that about Instagram that the platforms are there that any area of your life where you seek where you need more knowledge it's there for you and I guess people were reaching out to you in that regard for more knowledge as well yes well I do try to uh, yeah, I am a practitioner of Chinese medicine but a lot of my followers don't even realise that I don't talk about that very much um, I want to use the platform to, for raising awareness mm -hmm. and I try my best to give advice and tips where people can help themselves because I am a big believer in helping women help themselves and there is so much that people can do. I know it's not going to be the answer for everything, mm -hmm. but some of the more straightforward problems or more of the younger women, they can certainly use the tips and benefit from them. Mm -hmm. And tell me, how are you, let's say for young girls who are beginning their menstrual cycle, because I do believe if, if at that point they establish good relations and knowledge with their own body, it will stand to them for a lifetime as they embark on several hormonal changes throughout that time. What, how are you helping them or what advice are you giving them with regards to maybe irregular periods, heavy periods, cramping, kids who can't go to school, let's say, because there's so much pain? What's out there for them? Right, well, I think the first thing that you mentioned was the understanding and I am a huge believer in uh, personal choice and informed choice mm -hmm. more importantly but in order for people to make informed choice they have to have the information and a lot of females as you know just don't have the knowledge of their own body so i think step one is to let them know that periods are actually a positive thing mm -hmm. i know i know i can hear people screaming at this i really understand there are people out there that really suffer honestly they are re i've had women tell me their stories about their periods and i am sitting there thinking to myself if you were an animal you would have been cut out of your misery mm -hmm. that is how bad some women have it mm -hmm. now, of course they're in their they were in their late 20s early 30s when they were telling me this but um the first thing uh, the, the first thing is to know that it's a positive thing and that 
that it's not just the period. There is a whole menstrual cycle, which for the purposes of education, I always just say 28 days. It doesn't have to be the exact 28 days. It just makes my explanations easier. So, and, there, and, and a woman is having a cycle every single day. Mm -hmm. She might be bleeding. Hopefully she's only bleeding about five of those days. The rest of the days, the hormones are still fluctuating and doing all the things within the body. And then mid-cycle around day 14, um, it is the day of ovulation, so the fertile phase usually starts a few days before that and actually ends at the time of ovulation, well within 12, 24 hours post-ovulation. as long as an egg will live. Yeah, so a lot of people don't realise that um, ovulation is a really big deal for a woman's health and the focus is always on the period. So that's part one, it's just um, I would educate them on the whole of the cycle and tell them that it is a blessing and it, we are very lucky as women that we have this feedback twice a month. If we know what, what healthy is and if we are monitoring it, we don't, we don't have to do very much, we just notice what's going on in our bodies every day and making a note, we have this flag or that will that will let us know if there's a problem. And is is like um, the problems you said people experience or women experience with their periods. Is that an indication that something is not correct or not right? Yes, the the body should never be in pain. Okay. Now okay. they may not be dying. No. Or, or it may not be very serious, but it's just uh, it's just an indication that there's something not quite right. Yeah. Um, the pain that that is the purpose of pain. To, to let us know something mm -hmm. like I mean we wouldn't dismiss a pain in our elbow. Yeah, or even a baby crying. We yeah. all know the nappies full. They're hungry. Yeah, yeah. They're tired. So, but but it's you know you go to a doctor with any kind of pain and it will be taken on board and it's taken seriously. You go to a doctor with period pain and it's like well that's the way it's meant to be. Mm. I'm saying go to the doctor. A lot of people hold back on going to the doctor mm. because they have this belief well that's just normal. Mm. I got unlucky mm -hmm. because we're all told before we start our periods. Oh, they're terrible, or some oh, they're awful nuisance and they're awful painful. Yeah. But you might have pain, and or you might not have pain. So then, when the pain comes, and you know, you there could be a mother, and she'd be getting the hot water bottle and the blankets, and really taking care of that daughter, but kind of thinking too, well, this is she just got unlucky, and this is how it's meant to be. Yeah. Um. So with more of us talking about period pain, not being normal mm -hmm. it is raising the awareness and of course then they will go to their doctor and just make sure that everything's okay nine times out of ten and um, they will be offered a contraception mm -hmm. of some sort even if they're very young which um it takes two years for the menstrual cycle to follow to fully establish itself with the estrogen receptors growing and, and things like that and mm -hmm. just the body getting used to what it has to do for just an easy way to put it and what's happening now is that there are a lot of teenage girls being handed a contraception within that two-year period. And that's worrying because the, the body hasn't had a chance to fully establish the menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. And it won't either, of course, because that's going to shut the whole thing down. Yes, it, do, it will shut the whole thing down. Um, and we don't know how long that child is going to be on the contraception mm -hmm. for, but inevitably it's usually a very long time. Or maybe they may change it to another Well, I guess because the symptoms they presented with originally, they're not being dealt with, they're just being hidden with the pill, really. Oh yeah, masked. So, I mean, there's, as soon as they come off with this, those symptoms will come back as they weren't dealt with. Oh yeah, and maybe worse. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, it's just, it's really, um, and a lot of people don't understand this, but 
But the pill is a contraception, very effective one. Yes, there's a lot of risks to it, which I believe you've covered before, mm-hmm. but it's it's really not a medicine and it just, like like I always say to people, it's like if in my house when I switched on a light, um, I was getting an electrical shock mm-hmm. from the light switch and I called an electrician, had him round to the house and explained the problem and he took a look around and he came down to me and said, yeah, you, you definitely do have a problem, so what I've decided to do is cut you off from the mains. So you're not going to get that shock anymore. And yeah, he has solved my problem, but I'm like... But the house isn't going to be quite functional anymore. It's not, I'm not going to be able to do the things. I'm not going to be able to boil the kettle, etc., etc. So basically what they're saying is, yeah, we don't quite know what's causing this. So we're just going to shut it all down. Yeah. And I think even though I do feel memory, there's a shift. I mean, I know me as a mum of an 11-year-old and 9-year-old, I will not allow a doctor to put them on the contraception pill to treat something like this. I certainly have a say until they're 18 and I won't allow it to happen. Mm -hmm. My goal is to make sure my my girls understand their bodies from day one of their cycle to day 28. I want them to recognise that I hope they'll take their body temperature. I want them to know when they ovulate. So when the time comes, if they choose the contraception pill as their contraception, I have no problem with that as long as they... And they will know, of course, because I've told them exactly what it's doing. It still may be the best option for them, and I respect that. Yes. But also it just means that when they want to then go on and have children, they know exactly what to do. I feel like, for me, I'm part of the generation that was put on the pill. Yes. And like that on for many years. Now, I was very lucky that when I came off, I conceived. But I know from working in a predominantly female industry, that's not the case. That these women are coming off the pill to have babies. Their acne is coming back. Their heavy periods, if they're lucky, are coming back. There's no periods at all coming. And now they're like, can't get pregnant. So this is where there definitely has to be a shift. And I do think, do you feel that's coming? Do you feel there's a shift? Oh yes, absolutely. Even in the, the the women that I see approaching me now, um, it used to be one hundred percent fertility, and I mean they would have been through the wars prior to coming to me. I was their last option, and whereas now I have lots of um, young girls, and like oh we're getting married twenty twenty, but my cycle's not regular, mm-hmm. and I and I want to get it all sorted. Yes. And I mean it's just I applaud that. I think yeah, it's so I mean yes, this is fantastic and you know I can't say maybe they would have no problems getting pregnant and this is the frustrating part because people can have a really healthy cycle and have a difficulty getting pregnant and then they could have some sort of gynae history going on and they, they get pregnant easily mm-hmm. which makes it very difficult for people but um, I love that women are now yes, stepping up and taking control and learning about their bodies and sometimes the pill is the best option for people but as I say it, it has to be an informed choice mm-hmm. um, and you know you mentioned the example of your daughters when they have that much information they will know to take it and perhaps to take breaks from it mm-hmm. whereas we all know um, women that have been in relationships who were on the pill and then the relationship ended it and they were like oh I'm just going to keep taking it mm-hmm. so I women of the future may may not do that yeah and they will also because they're aware of the side effects they will be able to you know maybe counteract them in, mm-hmm. in some way through mm-hmm. lifestyle diet movement things mm-hmm. like that before we jump forward to fertility um, and stuff like that, I'll just go back to the cycle. Let's say for me, great, she's 11 now and she'll be menstruating hopefully in the next two, three years or maybe sooner. Um, talk to me through, like, how, how can I tell her what to expect and when to expect? Like, you know, is, is, can you tell me when like, she, should, she may experience like, more kind of binge eating or be more tearful? 
or maybe more moody. I can tell you she's that now. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that's there now. But, you know, as for mums and for dads, I very much wanted this podcast to be for men as well. Even, you know, of, of women, older women in relationships, you know, why they may be a little bit off. The, you know, oh, absolutely. This is something that um, I I teach a lot or I cover a lot on my Instagram. Um, it's something that I teach to my clients and they come back a lot. Sometimes they're in their 40s and they're like, why Why did I not know this 20 years ago? And their husbands are like, why did we not know this years ago? And their husbands really get it and understand and it just makes everything a little bit smoother because mm -hmm. generally women, we are not the same every week mm -hmm. because of our hormone fluctuations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll put it Oh right, you can do the background noise. Um, so, well, okay, so there is a lovely way of explaining it to all women and men, and very simple and easy to understand. Basically, we liken it to the seasons, so that would be spring, summer, autumn and winter. Mm -hmm. Our winter time is when we're bleeding. It's a little bit before that. Um, again, for this purposes, I'm going to assume everybody has a 28-day cycle and we all ovulate bang on mm -hmm. day 14. We can probably adapt it then to see Yeah, cycles. it'll just be... Um, it, it just it will be... A, it's not perfectly like mm -hmm. that for every woman. And another thing to point out is that not each month can be different. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't always have... It, it's very rare that it's going to be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So it just makes it easier for me to explain. Mm -hmm. So day, um, so the winter time would probably start. Um, we start to bleed on day one. The first full, the first day of full flow of bleeding is day one of the cycle. Any spotting or staining in the previous days that is the end of the previous cycle. Okay. There's always a lot of confusion going. Do I do I count the spotting or do I not? No, you don't. So we would then um, winter really would be say day. 26, 27, 28, okay. and then maybe day one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. It'll be a little bit different for everyone, mm -hmm. but if you record your cycle within about three months, you'll get your winter time. Mm -hmm. And so how do we feel during winter? Mm -hmm. We are slower. We kind of just want to lie on the sofa with a blanket, put our feet up. We want to eat more snacks. We want to sleep more. We don't really want to socialize as much. We don't want to engage, or we have low energy. And that's exactly the same as our winter phase of the menstrual cycle. Okay. And I know that so many people can resonate with that. They're like, yeah, that kind of is how you yeah, feel. For sure. So then after the bleeding stops, we are moving into spring. And this is when we get to feel like ourselves again. Okay. Um, our energy's coming back. I find personally day five, six and seven the best days of the month. Mm -hmm. You'd, I, I look better, I feel better, I am slimmer. Uh, it's just, I'm just me again. Um, and so that we would liken that to spring and at that stage what's happening is um, the oestrogen, obviously the hormones have just dropped completely and that's what started, kick-started the period. So oestrogen is now on the rise and oestrogen um, its purpose it's building the lining of the womb it is helping the follicle to grow the follicle that will contain the egg that's going to be ovulated and it is helping produce the fertile mucus which we will start to notice maybe by day nine and it's good for our skin it's good for our heart it's good for our bones and it is just makes us feel a little bit more 
confident. So as it rises, um, it will then peak, we will say day 14. Mm -hmm. And that's our summertime. Okay. So that's your high energy. That's, I love this. Yeah, that's <laughs> when you want to get out there. You have no time for lying on the sofa. Your appetite is less around the spring, summertime. Well, in real life, we need less food. I mean, okay. in, the, in the actual seasons, this is real life as well, but mm -hmm. in the actual seasons, we need less food because it's warmer, we need less food. In the we all go to salads yeah, in the yeah. summer. Yeah. In the spring and summer, um, it's a time... I, it, it's a time when your daughter or yourself, if you're in business, you'll be more confident, you'll be putting yourself out there. It's a great time for creativity, for coming up with ideas. If you are in the gym, you'll be able to maybe get some personal best, lift a bit heavier, you can run a bit faster. Um, you, you get a, a call from a friend saying, do you fancy a catch-up? And you're like, yep, high heels, lipstick on, let's go out. Okay. Um, uh, and that, you will notice that gradual growth, um, obviously for your daughters at school, they will probably feel it in terms of their, their, their concentrations a little bit better, perhaps if they're more artistic, you know, they'll have more creativity around there, they'll have their sports that they'll be better at. Um, so then at that stage our oestrogen peaks and the luteinizing hormone um, gets the egg out of the follicle and then the follicle it's ruptured and it becomes the corpus luteum. So we're no longer producing oestrogen, it drops, but the body then starts to produce progesterone. Okay, so are we now in autumn? Or are we? Yes. Okay, <laughs> lovely. Um, so that's when we were beginning to slow down again. So we're at day 20 now, would we? Be no, we're a little bit between. We're going to say from, well, no, yes, there is always that, there's always that, um, you know, those changeable, those parts of the... Mm -hmm. You know, September, October, you're like, is it the summer day yeah. today? What do we wear it, today? Yeah. So they will all kind of blend in. And I can promise you what happens is when people are making a note of this, uh, preferably pen and paper in a diary, what they will, they will pick out their own days. They will be able, they will know what days they feel best and what days they slow down. It's not going to be exactly the same mm -hmm. for everybody. Um, but yes, you're right. We turn into autumn and slowly things were beginning to slow down. Our metabolism slowing down. Our appetites are increasing. Um, we're just maybe not quite the same in the gym. Can't run as fast. We're a little less tolerable. You know, all those girls that were making jokes last week that were funny. Maybe they're just not as funny this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this is genius. I can see myself in the gym on these days without even yeah. knowing I was in autumn. Like. <laughs> exactly. Um, but of course, and then, and then we're getting closer and closer to winter and mm -hmm. things are getting worse and worse. Uh, but but it's not worse and worse. We only feel it's worse and worse because we expect us to be in summer all of the time. The time. So and true. if you are not, if you're not in the gym doing what you were able to do last week, you just beat yourself up because yeah. females are classic at beating themselves up. Because oh, obviously, so true. You, or if your jeans want button like yes. I've got more to tell you about jeans not buttoning. Oh, um, wonderful. Please do. I just go to the things. alterations and say, but um, widen them. <laughs> we need, you, you know what? You know how we have a summer wardrobe and a winter wardrobe? Yeah. It's like we nearly need it literally with the jeans and the sizes as well. So true. The big yeah. sweaters need to come out. Yeah. But we do, we do, but we do favour certain clothes. You know, you, your, your friend calls you um, on your autumn winter time and they're like, do you fancy a catch up? And you're like, yeah, come round to mine. You know, yeah, yeah I'm in no, my pajamas at yeah, five o'clock. Uh, yeah, do a face mask. Yeah, yeah. I, do you know what I love about this? It's owning it. 
It really it is. And, and it's power. And, and it's understanding it yeah. and yeah. and not dismissing it or not no. recognizing it. It's no. like this is my season. And even to explain that to your partner, it's springtime, oh, yeah, it's summertime. And like I, lo- I, I just have some uh, brilliant clients, and we have such a giggle together sometimes. You know, one comes in, um, like someone told me he they were booking a holiday, and he was like. Well, now that weekend you'll be co- you'll be in your winter that weekend. Maybe should we leave it to the weekend after? Yeah, nobody and wants to go to Rome in winter time, like you know. I mean, yeah, she of course. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Because yeah, we wouldn't even think of that. We don't because we we don't put ourselves that much to the front. Do you know what I mean? Well, well, in fairness, we didn't really understand. No, yeah, we didn't understand true. that we have these fluctuations yeah. and mm-hmm. we're changing all the time. Um, but but. I've made winter sound like it's negative. It's not no, it's because a it's a t- it is a comfort time when you understand it and you embrace mm-hmm. it. It's also a really good time for um, your your intuition would be higher. It's a good time for maybe sorting things out, decluttering, um, maybe getting rid of the clothes that you, you haven't worn in a long, long time. It's it's really good uh, action plans coming up with action plans. It's a really good time to go for a massage or a facial. Mm-hmm. So. You know, why take that two-hour downtime in summer yeah. when you benefit more from it in the winter? Mm-hmm. Um, so scheduling, people that work from home, I always say to them, take an extra few days. If, you, if your boss allows you to work from home, take an extra few days around your winter week to work from home. And they're like, actually, yeah, that's yeah. a really good idea. Yeah. So, I, and I do know we live in this modern world and we can't, unfortunately... Um, like your daughter can't take time off school just because, dear well, teacher, you know, it's my winter week, I'm not going to school because I just don't feel like it. You know, we can't do exactly. that. But um, I feel like there are the days where I may encourage her into a pajamas and say to her, you know, Grace, why don't you work on your project? You know, take yeah. a bit of time to yourself in your own sitting room. And like you said, they're more insightful at that time. Exactly. And they're more, their sixth sense is more on point. And Absolutely. And take advantage of it. Yeah, exactly. And like that, I just want to give that to her to, to own it. And I do feel as women, it's our superpower. Oh, Our ovulation, I did do a post on that, ovulation is a superpower, um, and so many people, so many women, uh, this is the thing, this is why I started my Instagram, women, the women that were coming to me were intelligent, successful, well-educated, clued in, and they were like, I have no idea when I ovulate. Yeah. I'm ashamed to tell you, that would be me. <laughs> Not now, because I have my little thermometer by the bed. Yeah. You know, I've got into it now, and I'm so passionate about it. And I'm like your typical client. I'm just so sorry I didn't do it Absolutely. like many years ago. Now, regarding the thermometer, especially for the teenage daughters, um, you don't necessarily have to have the thermometer. And um, I was doing it more for curiosity. Yes, for curiosity, that's fine. Yeah. But what happens? See the girls that are trying to get pregnant. It just can be very stressful for them. I, I can take it. Your temperature. So, yeah. It's one more thing, and it's very. Um, it's very well yes it can, they can become obsessed about it and it really doesn't help with the passion side of things of course you know same with those smiley faces it's not foreplay right. you know with the ovulation sticks okay I, I, do, I don't know too much about this tell me so ovulation sticks is that well basically what happens is and this is this is oh gosh we could be chatting for a long time tonight <laughs> um, we with regard to ovulation um, so what happens is women are maybe trying and um, not succeeding in getting pregnant so one of the first things they will do is like well I'll figure out when I'm ovulating and make sure I'm having sex at the right time and they get the ovulation sticks that they mm-hmm. pee on there's different mm-hmm. types and 
And so he knows that she's peeing on the stick and then she'll come out and go, oh, I've got the smiley face because right. some of them yeah. come up with a smiley face and then it's like, action. <laughs> and that doesn't, that doesn't always no, work. Too much pressure, too much pressure. So yeah. it kind of, yeah, I always would suggest to people, you know, just try to avoid those. And as you say, the temperature, it, it, it can be very stressful for people, for couples mm -hmm. that are in that situation. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're not trying to conceive or if you're just learning about your body, it certainly can be very, um, very interesting. However, it can be knocked off so easily. I mean, if you have... Yeah, you most mornings I'm out of bed and I remember I should have done I it. I brush my teeth, I've had my coffee and I'm like, oh, here. <laughs> but if you've had your... Uh, even if you've had a glass of wine the night before... It would affect it. It would affect it. Okay. Or if you've had... Well, for me, who's very sensitive to hot food, like if I had a curry or something hot, you know, right. that's probably going to throw mm -hmm. it off. And or if you've had a really stressful day, mm -hmm. or maybe you didn't, maybe I went to bed three hours later than normal or something. The slightest yeah. things can knock it off. I think though, even that analogy of the seasons, that has probably just given a lot of our listeners a big indication as to when they're fertile. Um, you know, even that alone mm -hmm. is huge. And and then there's the fertile mucus because you know it's there. Well, hopefully it's there. Every single day. No, it's sorry. Cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Uh, what? It's, two, three days. Uh, it's that. It's about it's five like or six days. It is some. Well, that's when you're really fertile. Okay. So it's again, designed obviously to carry the sperm up further into yeah, the yeah. cervix. Usually. Uh, so what we're going to do? We're back to assuming that we all ovulate bang on day fourteen every single okay. month. Mm -hmm. Um, so probably maybe around day nine, when you wipe after you use the toilet, it feels different. Okay. You can't see anything. The texture's not different. There's nothing like that uh, in the toilet roll. But it just when you wipe, it just feels a little bit different. And that will slightly build up between maybe day 9, 10, 11. And then perhaps day 12, 13, 14, it just takes on. That's when it becomes the proper egg white fertile mucus. Okay. And it's there. Okay. And that's where you would see it in the toilet roll and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then once it disappears, if you don't want to get pregnant, I would absolutely still be careful for another mm -hmm. uh, 24 to 48 hours. But once it kind of disappears, it can be assumed that you've ovulated. Obviously, the most accurate way of detect detecting ovulation is by a scan, um, an internal scan, but we can't be having those all the time. No, absolutely not. And that's, how long would you think that people should look for help, be it with their GP or with someone like yourself? If they haven't got pregnant, then what? what when would you think it's, it's really going? It's really going to be different for everybody. I mean, age plays a part. Also, is was there a history of gynae problems? Um, if there's certainly if there's a history of very painful periods or regular cycles or whatever, definitely go sooner rather than later. Um, I would I wouldn't go. I definitely would give it six months at least, maybe to a year. I mean, it's going to be different. If somebody starts trying for a baby at, at 39 years of age, you know, go a bit sooner. Okay. If somebody's 29, they've, they've got that little leeway. Right. Um. But but certainly. I wouldn't be waiting the two years. Like, do they still even suggest that? I'm not sure. I'm always telling people just to lie. Right, and say you're trying longer than yeah, you have been. Yeah, say you're trying longer than you have been. Um, and would you? What What would be? What would you recommend? What would the first thing you would do? Oh, you always go to your doctor. Okay. Um, and get tests, and and don't forget to get your partner tested. Um, we just still live in that time where men are kind of. They're, it's assumed they're fine. Yeah, like yeah, they're it really is. Lives. 
um, and it's all on the oh, it's all on the woman. But um, no, I would definitely get the test done. And the doctor should be able to tell you then if everything is well, going on okay or. Yeah, I mean they they'll do different. I and and I'm I'm learning that I think doctors in the south are a little bit different from doctors in the north oh, okay. and you know the fertility clinics I wouldn't necessarily rush to a fertility clinic although they do more extensive testing mm -hmm. but um I, I mean it really just depends on the person's history if a person has had you know something like endometriosis and maybe has had several uh, surgeries and things like that then perhaps they should go be seen to a little bit quicker mm -hmm. um but the average person not necessarily Again, I would always say the first tips to do are leave out the things that cause problems in the body. And I would summarise that by saying anything that tastes nice or is fun, really. Okay. <laughs> you know, all the usual things, the alcohol, the, alcohol, the sugar, the processed food, uh, you know. Okay, they all can contribute. Absolutely, they're putting more pressure on the body. Um, so I would say to people, that's the first step. Uh, this is what people would message me on Instagram and go, what supplement will I take? And I'm like, no, don't take a supplement yet. Stop taking, stop putting all that junk into your body. Yeah. Go back to old-fashioned, real food from the local area in season yeah. as much as you possibly can. Get good sleep. Try to sweat for 20 minutes every day move your body that would be the starting point mm -hmm. alongside with going to get your tests if you're if you feel that mm -hmm. you need to go to the doctor and tell me if people don't get periods at all you know for various re reasons periods can stop yes and do you think one month two months you should go to gp or you should what's normal or what's I, three, I think normal? you have to give it three months right. three three consecutive months with no period and then you have to go to the doctor okay. to get that, um, to get blood tests and get the pituitary. Because it's not unusual to skip a period. No, it's really not. Okay. And it's not unusual to skip an ovulation. Okay. Any um, reasons why those two things may occur? Well, you know, I, I, you could go on holiday. You could be in a different time zone. You could have something really stressful happening. Okay. You could have a weekend on the drink. Okay. All sorts of things, and you just know. skip mm -hmm. skip an ovulation. Um, but but it usually goes unmissed. Maybe they'll just have some sort of a lighter period. I'll tell you something that really fascinated me. Okay. Um. Obviously, over the years, people have been coming to me, and they they learn to track their cycle, and and they know it. Oh my goodness, they know it. And I find in January, everybody was coming in to me, and they're like, "Well, I ovulated a week late, or my period was a week late, or I don't think I ovulated this month." And I was like, it took me a week or so and then it dawned on me it's because December it's so dark so we got no, we get so much less light and obviously light is important for the hormones mm -hmm. and people with maybe two weeks off over Christmas or 10 days just are, your lifestyle changes so much Absolutely. over Christmas and I was just astounded by that mm. you know people maybe uh, they're sleeping more they're maybe drinking more alcohol not necessarily and these ladies would not have been drinking lots of alcohol or anything but just maybe a glass of wine with their dinner every day for a week yeah yeah um and maybe sleep getting more sleep and everything so it, all these things to show you how receptive the body but, but, is but and how yes it that's one element of it, but the other element of it was going, this can't just be happening to these girls, and this isn't the first time it's happened to them. I bet you it's just happening to so many of us 
over the after the Christmas period and we haven't tuned in yeah we just haven't been watching it day on yeah. day and we didn't notice and then so that happens every January I'm like yeah I know this happens and explain it but if you recall last year June 2018 we had the heat wave right yeah. where it yeah. got up to the late 20s 30s uh-huh. people were coming in in July their cycle was all off really yeah not everybody, Incredible. but if you, it wasn't as much as what it had been. I was going, it must be. Because we're not used to the heat. Yes. And heat with our daily lives, still having to get up and go to work and do all of the things. Yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> so wasn't that just so interesting? So interesting. I think it's only when, like, that you become an expert in your own body that you can actually recognise yeah. those things. And, I mean, these girls weren't, like, I mean, their cycles weren't way off or anything. Mm-hmm. Not, not to that effect, but because they were monitoring it, they were like four days later this month and things like that so yeah. I, I just find it so so interesting so um, we often hormones get a bad rap they really do people don't like them but it's it's not the hormones it's the environment there are external environment plus the internal environment within the body and do you, do you think diet and actually we were going to talk about jeans not buckling so we'll go back to that do you oh, yes. think diet influences diet influences everything our sleep influences everything mm-hmm. Are the amount we move throughout the day influence everything. Stress is going to kill us all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and then hormones also influence all of that. And then we've got our microbiome that influences hormones, and hormones influence the microbiome, and movement in, influences microbiome and hormones. And there is no separation, and it's all interweaved. Yeah, of course, of course. And then of course, microbiome affects the skin. The skin. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yes, about the tightening of the jeans. So one thing that people don't realize, have we finished that whole cycle thing? Yeah, but the wind, yeah, yeah, we did. We we did, did. Yeah. So one thing that a lot of people don't realize, um, and it fascinates them, is that the womb doubles in size and weight prior to our period. Really? So going yes. back to what, before autumn, the end of autumn? So when you come, when we're moving into spring, it's at its lightest. Because it has just shed the lining. Right, yeah. And then just from the autumn into winter, late autumn, early winter, that's when it's at its heaviest before it begins to shed. And that's and it's double. It, it can be up to double the weight. Okay. Very interesting for people who monitor their weight a lot, maybe for if they're competitive athletes or... Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, I'd like to think if somebody was a competitive athlete... They would have a coach that would be yeah keeping them yeah I know when I used to compete at weightlifting and at jiu-jitsu my weight would have mattered because it depended on who oh, I was yes. competing against you know uh-huh. um, and I would never have known that you know yeah no yeah it's, it's, and so your womb and it in, enlarges as well as weights yeah, yeah, heavier just, yeah it gets a little so bit heavier a little bit bigger yeah so and obviously then yeah. yes when it's a little bit bigger you will have the body will naturally put a little bit of fluid around it just to protected um but also then our metabolism and our water metabolism all of that is influenced by our hormones as mm-hmm. well so there'll be some mm-hmm. fluctuations there also but i just think that again if a, because what's happening is people are noticing they're a little bit bigger and they're going what did i eat what did i not eat what what did i do but now when they understand you know what it's my womb is it's bigger it's heavier mm-hmm. that's why Mm-hmm. has changed and the other thing is as well if you are a runner or if you're lifting heavy things or if you're doing any of the things that you're putting your pelvic floor and your womb under pressure for mm-hmm. 
then you might want to step back from that when your womb is twice the weight. So, like I would sometimes work with runners and what they've had to do would maybe go for a really fast walk late mm-hmm. autumn, mm-hmm. winter time, as opposed to running. Right. Um, and then they might throw in an extra run. And then come back into yeah. a little bit more energy naturally. A little more energy. And it's interesting because a lot of them are very dedicated runners and they're looking at me going, I'm not taking that on board. I'm absolutely not changing my running routine. And then they come back in and they're like, you know, I tried to go for a run and I just didn't feel comfortable and I just didn't feel right doing yeah. it. And I'm like, you know what? Do an extra run next week. You'll have more energy and you'll be lighter and everything. And it'll, it'll all balance it out. So I think maybe women should look at the month as a whole. Mm-hmm as opposed to day by day. Mm-hmm. Because, I'm speaking about myself, between day one and, and ovulation time, you know, I don't have the sweet cravings. Mm-hmm. I, I nail this healthy eating and yeah. being in control, my appetite and everything. I, I, yeah, I've got it. Okay. And then, I'm bad then a week or two, then a head. week or two later, I'm like, no, I don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I forget every month? <laughs> I know. So you're like, so you know, you 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 allow. I, I'm not one for calorie counting, but I know a lot of maybe your followers and listeners mm-hmm. are calorie counting. So you know, if they're saving a little bit, the yeah. first two weeks, yeah. then it gives them a little bit of leeway. Yeah. The, the second two Absolutely. weeks. Absolutely. Of course, that, that yeah, that that is if they aren't on hormonal birth. Control. Which of course, because so many people don't realise that when they're on hormonal birth control, they are not actually having a menstrual cycle or a period. Yeah. So we just have to remind them. Absolutely, and again, they're losing out on this opportunity to learn about their bodies. And yeah, you know, so even like you said, you know, if it's a case that they were in a relationship and they, it was their choice of contraception, and if they come out of that relationship, just to use that time because they could be in a relationship again. Absolutely. You know, but yeah. to use, even if it's two, three, four, six months, it will be nice just to experience a real menstrual cycle. Absolutely. See how your report card, if you like, wish, is, is showing you what your body is saying to you. Uh, absolutely. Every, whim, every woman um, knows her own life and mm-hmm. knows her own needs the most, mm-hmm. and she gets to choose what mm-hmm. contraception suits her mm-hmm. life the best. Um, mm-hmm. And she should be allowed to go with that. But as you say, if there's even just a, a, a few months where she can get a break and maybe... Or, and if she's in a committed relationship as well, she could maybe say to her partner, listen, I'm, I'm going to step back from this for three months. Because a lot of people on the pill do experience, um, you know, where they're very emotional a lot of time. Like it kills their libido, it can kill their libido. Yeah. Um, you know, and that puts a lot of pressure on relationships too. It's not the ideal thing. I know sometimes men, young men may think, great, thank God she's on the pill. Mm-hmm. But it does affect women and it does affect the persons in this relationship. Like I know for me, I was very tearful yeah. when I was on the pill. I'm, like, I'm not really a person, and don't get me wrong, I was watching a sad movie, I'd cry for Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> what did I cry at last night in telly and my kids were laughing at me? It was, oh, the bake-off. There oh, you go. Yeah. I cried the bake-off. <laughs> <laughs> the girl was gone but um, I know when I was on the pill and I, I just couldn't understand it. I knew it wasn't me and that's very difficult I think when you know when you have a little cry at something like the bake off because that's such your personality but when you're crying and you've no reason why and you, you know you, you just it's very upsetting on yourself and you can start to feel like god am I down am I depressed and all those things and of course the no interest in sex can have a huge effect on your relationship oh absolutely mm-hmm and 
And the not understanding, as you say, that it's the, that it's coming from the pill just makes yeah. makes it all more. The amount of women I meet, obviously I meet so many every day, but that would say to me after coming off the pill, they would never go back in it. And that would be me. Yes. I came off it to get pregnant on Grace and I did and then I was like, Who is this girl? <laughs> I like her. <laughs> you know, I would never nothing would put me back on the pill now. It's I, I just could, would never do that to myself. Again, I, I don't even want to know who she was, that girl who was in yeah. that. You know, we are our hormones. Oh, there's there's so, so much, important. there's just such a big part of, like I just made the analogy of switching the means of the, of, in yeah. the house of the electricity. Yeah. Um, and our hormones are impact, they impact it, so much of our health and well-being and body. And, and our personality. Are, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but I know it is an effective contraception but really perhaps they should I'm, be looking at um, I feel that like you know it was created what the 1950s 1960s I think it must be the only thing out there that has not come on when you think of technology and well the more recent ones you're right what you're saying is absolutely right but actually the more recent ones are worse than mm. the original ones so there's the first generation which have gone they've disappeared generation two which have been your microgynons etc um and then you had your generation three and maybe four but anyway they've had to go back to generation two because i'm not going to cover i think you've done that before mm-hmm. um i'm not going to cover the the really nasty worrying side effects of of the pill mm-hmm. um but yeah they've had to set back to the, so yeah you're right and they haven't yeah, this brings us on to something else that, oh, I was supposed to do a post on that today, but um, the, there's five times more research articles on erectile dysfunction yes. than there is on gynae, period, yeah. PMS, and I, I, I personally, like, it's in my opinion that the pill's to blame because the, the pill has flatlined us for so long. No one has been researching our complaints or our bodies. Do you know what I mean? I think if we didn't have if we didn't have that, and our did something else, let's say during the pill for painful periods, they yeah. would put more research into it. You know, it's like when someone said to me, you know, the pill prescribed for acne was such a wonderful treatment. They would have created um, one for men. Oh, absolutely! I say that even for the mental health. Why? Why? If it if it's if it's so good for depression. Um, Do they say the pills? Good well, they get it at perimenopause time. They would give them, you know, in their moods, PMDD and that. They were like, okay. sometimes they go, we can offer you the pill, or sometimes it's an antidepressant. It really depends probably on the doctor. But um, they offer the pill, and I'm going, well, if, it's, if it helps with mental health, why aren't they giving it to men? Yeah, for sure. Because it shrinks their testicles, mm-hmm. that's why. Yeah. But it's okay to shrink their testicles. also shrinks and women's clitoris. Yeah, and their ovaries mm-hmm. and their brain. Well, there you go. That's not enough reason. Yeah, but well, also there is the whole aspect that his pleasure is more important than her pain. Okay. Uh, and we can't. And 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 we believe as well that a woman's is like. It only matters if. Like, are you are you? A lot of women present to their doctor and they say, "I have an irregular cycle," and the question they'll get, "Well, are you trying for a baby?" No. Well, then it doesn't matter. Come back when you want to have a baby. Okay. You know, and then we will have a maybe an older woman, like when I say older, I just mean late thirties, early forties, and she maybe has her fa- finished having her family, and if she has any gynae problems, it's just like, well, hysterectomy. You know. Really. Yeah. 
So this brings us back to why we educate. Well, we educate, I was going to say our daughters, but it's not just that, it's it's as many women as we possibly can, um, as you say, to take ownership of their cycle, yeah. to fully understand it, yeah. and then they get to choose yeah. what what they want to do. And mm -hmm. even just knowing that, actually, if I'm having an irregular cycle, it means I'm not ovulating every four weeks, and mm -hmm. ovulation is pretty damn important. Mm -hmm. And being able to present to a doctor and say, instead of saying, I have an irregular period, they can say, I'm not ovulating regularly. Can you help me ovulate? And why would someone not be ovulating? What would it be oh, an indication so of? so many reasons people wouldn't be ovulating. It's a hormonal imbalance, okay. which would be a, a, a very general blanket term. But then, you know, sometimes it can be low low body weight. Sometimes it can be excess body weight. It's just very, maybe polycystic ovarian syndrome, hypothalamic mm -hmm. amenorrhea. Mm -hmm. there's, there's just many, okay. many But reasons. it's so important that you would find out why. Yes. What's going on. Yeah, and try to get yeah. ovulation. And I think the most, the biggest thing is to, to try and get this out of the way before it comes time to try and have a baby because it should be one of the most joyful experiences of your life. Yes. And we've got this thing called disease progression. Whereas, you know, if there is a problem within the body, it's not spontaneously going to get better. It usually progresses mm -hmm. slowly but surely. And I know that we talk, we're so much more vocal about the menopause now. And I kind of see on LinkedIn some businesses are supporting women going through the menopause or they're trying to do something. And I'm like, what about the women going through fertility? Or what about the women that can hardly take a breath at their desk because they're in so much pain from their period? Mm -hmm. And you know, trying supporting, like whilst so. I fully uh, support support for the menopause I think we need to bring it back a bit and start yeah. and I often wonder that if we supported women in their teens and 20s and 30s would the menopause be much easier to navigate yeah because it's not a disease well the, going back to owning it absolutely you know I mean? and education knowledge is power yes and you know in in instead of dismissing that 17 year old and telling her you know what period pains are, are normal mm -hmm. you know instead of dismissing her in, instead of telling the 24 year old oh it doesn't matter if you don't have a period every month if you don't want a baby mm -hmm. or I'll put you in the pill and yeah, you'll have a period every you know, um, maybe you know there's a whole other podcast but supporting women better in labour and in childbirth mm -hmm. supporting women better postnatally mm -hmm. um you know, if women had the support at all those previous stages of their life, mm -hmm. then perhaps the menopause wouldn't be the problem that yeah. it is for many women. Yeah, this today. black hole of not knowing what it is that's happening, what what's ahead of them or in front of them. But it's interesting because I, I know at the time, I think younger people now in their, their period, I think it's, it is changing, but... Maybe not enough. I think I think that any young girl who knows about periods but has not yet started her period, if you were to ask her about them, she would be mostly very negative. Mm. Oh, it's a it's a nuisance and it's a curse and it might be painful and nobody really likes them, but you just have to put up with mm. them. And then, a woman in her late thirties or uh, or forties who knows that the menopause is the next phase, she's not looking forward to that. Yeah, same. So the cycle continues, the whole negativity yeah, around. Yeah, isn't it? And, yeah. and, and 
so I wonder, I, th I really do think that there is a lot to be done at every stage, but I think if we can get the younger people I'm and wondering. educate them, yeah. have them enabled to make informed choices, yeah. that things and could be different. I know for me, with Grace Neymar, I very much reiterate the whole time that it's a superpower. I mean, it's the ability to bring life into the world. Without it, none of us would be here. Every man and woman came from... Well, I read somewhere recently... <laughs> that we are periods that didn't happen. We are the period that your mother didn't have. And you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't, it was something about don't be disgusted at periods because you, you were a period at one Absolutely, stage. Absolutely, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, it's so true. It's, it's so true. And yeah, it's really, yeah. That takes the negatives, yeah, but quite really, enough, Well, it? it is. When people go, you just go, but you were a period. It fed you and sustained you for nine <laughs> yeah. months. And it even, it really caught me and made me think. I was going, yeah, we were, really. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. like that a lot. So, well, yeah, it is. Well, um, on that note, I think we. I really want to finish today on a very positive note, and I really like that. Is there anything else that you wanted to speak about or talk about? Um, I think I've covered. I think we've covered every. We've covered. Yeah, we've definitely covered a lot. There's always more to say, as you know, with mm -hmm. all of these podcasts. I'm mm -hmm. sure there's always so much more to say. But yeah, we have. People will find you on Instagram at. The, the Hormone, Hormone Health Coach. Mm -hmm. And I love your posts. They're so informative. And you can even scroll through your page if there's anything that you're looking for. It's all there. Perfectly laid out. And it's a great support system for people because you may not even <clears throat> realise that you have that query because this month you may not, but next month you might. Well, the other thing I've done, and I don't save things to... I think I've one of them saved to highlights. Um, I don't save much to highlights because in my mind they're not professional enough. And when you do a live story... You know, I put the phone down and go, oh, I missed a little bit. Or, and and I, I don't want to save it then when it's not perfect. But what I have done before, I would... I remember, like, you put up the question box mm -hmm. and I let people voice their... Um, you, you know that question about, oh, have you any kids? Mm. Which a lot of people get. So I let them give up, um, type in the box. So it's all anonymous. And then I share them. And the feedback you get from other people going, oh, this is great. I thought I was the only one. Yeah. Or maybe um, we were talking about what's the hardest bit about not having babies and kids. And some people were saying at Halloween, it's really difficult. And first day back at school is really difficult, you know, because all the photographs are going up on Facebook. So we, um, every so often I will do little question boxes like that. Which is great. It is. It, it lets people vent and share how they feel and but more importantly it lets other women know that they're not alone yeah which is really really important yeah. because it, it must feel very lonely because you are lonely for the child as well oh yeah and there's just the whole period thing um there's just so much stigma and shame around even having a period and then the whole fertility that goes with that there's it, yeah. it has changed i've definitely noticed that is changing. More and more people are speaking up and speaking out. Mm -hmm. But I still get messages, is this really confidential? I just don't mm -hmm. want anybody to know. I feel that fertility is much a bigger issue today than it was. Am I right? Yes. Maybe I am. Yeah. Yes, but part of, the, part of it is, is that people are, are talking about it a little bit more That's, as well. And then maybe my age, you know what I mean, as well. Because I was mean, 17, nobody was talking about being infertile. Yeah, well, certainly not different. Exactly, there is that. But I, I, I do, yes, I think all... I mean, I think we're, there's just a lot more problems yeah. of everything. There's a lot more autoimmune diseases mm -hmm. around as well. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's definitely one of the big implications is the male factor and how 
it's certainly on the rise. The which factors? Male, male, the sperm, the male okay, side of things. Yeah, all right, also, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Yeah, no, it is, and but it is a huge thing. And you know what I want to give a shout out as well to, which I think these women get left behind sometimes in these conversations. The women who choose not to have children. Oh yes, that's a whole. Yeah, thing. and I have huge respect for them. Huge respect for them, and you know sometimes again working with predominantly females, and you know ladies might be like that. Just no, no, she's she's married two years, and I'm like I actually don't think she wants to have children, and I think that is the is as wonderful a decision to make as it is to those who want to have children. I believe too that there's a group of women. I did read an article about it. I don't know these women. I don't even think they're in Ireland, but um, they're choosing not to have a baby for the planet. Okay. Because obviously... Uh, Megan and Harry supposedly said they were only going to have two for the planet. For the planet, yeah. Because yeah. obviously having children is, is supposedly one of the worst things well, you can do for, for whatever your reason is to have children or you yeah. choose not to have children, I 100% respect it. And own it. And it's yours and that makes it right. Absolutely. Um, I watched a wonderful movie the other night um, and Nicole Kidman played the mom and she adopted two boys from India. And now that the boys are an adult, and he says to her, you know, he wants to go back and find his mum. And he says, you know, just because you couldn't have children, she says, what makes you think I couldn't have children? I could have children. I chose not to. Oh. I chose to help a child that was born and had no one to mind them. That was my decision. And I was like, you know, wow. shout out to those women too. You know, there's so many different facts. And I think we are a lot more inclusive now and more accepting of people's decisions. And of course, of those that it's beyond their control. It's not their decision. It's just to have that, like, not everyone thinks like you. Do you know what I mean? Not, not everyone thinks like, like what I'm saying, not everyone thinks like me. Everyone has their own decision and their own reasons for doing things. And I think we must be. And then the other side of that coin is, and this gets talked about even less, is the women that have children and then maybe if they had it to do again, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have children. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. just kind of followed along yes. the path. They I did. know them, they're out there. Yeah, they did what was expected of them. Of yeah. course, I have to say, they love their children. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if they had to start all over again. as well. It doesn't come naturally to everyone. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's hard. I mean, in this day and age, yeah. it's hard to be a wife, to be a friend, to be yeah. a, an employee yeah. or to, mm-hmm. to own your own business mm-hmm. and to be a mother. Yeah, yeah. It is. I think, I think my advice would be, be true to yourself. You know, don't conform. Don't do it because your friends are doing it or because, you know, the lifestyle. Just, just try and take some time out. Work on you. What, figure out what it is that you want and go with that. Yeah. And that could be a puppy or it could be a baby. Or it could be both. But the, we were going back to the women who want, desperately want to have mm-hmm. those, their baby. And... You know what I say to clients when they come in to me, I just say to them, don't lose hope. I'm a big believer in visualization. And I'm like, just keep seeing the baby in your arms. Just stay positive, stay hopeful, and the baby will be yours. You know, just stay in that place because as long as you are in that place, you're in a much more positive place than in despair. Yeah. No, it. I agree with what you're saying, but I also, I see it with them day in, day out, and it's just a roller coaster, and it's so hard mm-hmm. for them, and they do their best to be positive, mm-hmm. and then it comes crashing down around mm-hmm. them, either with a period or a, another field cycle of IVF, and 
Yeah. Do you know what but I, I would still you? I would still always say, you know, sometimes you meet the girls and they're going through IVF and they're afraid to be too positive because they don't want to be yeah. so disappointed. Down, so. And I'm like, you're going to be disappointed regardless, so you may as well yeah. believe yeah. and be positive as mm -hmm. much as you can. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes women, when they are struggling to conceive, they look at every pregnant woman and every woman with young children. They That's think, all oh. they see. Yeah, and they think these are the happiest people on earth. Well, I'm here to tell you they're not. I know. They're struggling too. They get into bed and cry themselves to sleep at night for other reasons. You know, everyone on this planet is struggling at something. We all have times of joy and happiness, but we all have times of despair and loss. And we, should, we all struggle too. And of course, that's so much more difficult to understand now because mm -hmm. of social media and we don't see that side of people's yeah. lives. Yeah. I mean, I know they'll throw in the token, oh, I have it hard sometimes. But yeah. Really, Selfie of me crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But really and truly, we're not... We're yeah. not seeing. You don't need to see the selfie of them crying. I'm telling you now, everyone. Struggles. Oh yeah, yes, I I know that, and I agree with you. But some, but it's just that because what we do first thing in the morning is open up social media and mm -hmm. see all the happiness mm -hmm. that everybody mm -hmm. else has. Mm -hmm. it, it it can make an individual feel mm -hmm. even more lacking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think when you're just something amiss in your life, you do home in on that. You know, and if it is a baby, I'm sure that's all they see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's all they see when they're out and about mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. pregnant women, women mm -hmm. and people with babies. Yep. But as you say, always have hope and don't forget to do the simple things. Yeah. The simple changes. Yeah, it's true. And I think look for people. I thank God for people like you in this world that are there to support at the other end of a phone, be it on Instagram mm -hmm. or, you know, well, maybe you don't want to go down the, the road or you're already going down the road of medication and it has awful side effects. Just take some time out, maybe and have some acupuncture treatment done yeah. or be good to yourself and to know that there are women like you there. And me too, I know I may be there in a different capacity, but I'm there to help and support any woman in any trial or tribulation in her mm -hmm. life. I've, I've counseled women through everything. I've picked up buckets while they've vomited into it, oh, or bins, and then put it down and rubbed their back. I mean, when you're w working with women as long as I, I am, you've... Yes, you've, I'm one-to-one, -one, um, mm -hmm. yeah, in a kind of way, yes. Yeah. Maria, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come and talk to us, because this is just another facet of how you help people and support people, and not just women, and I know I'm sure most of your clientele are female, but men too, because, you know, I've had messages from boyfriends and husbands when I've fixed the, their partner's skin, and they tell me this is a new woman. Mm -hmm. Thank you, you've helped her in a way that I couldn't. Men can feel helpless in that respect too, and to have people like you out there that are that can support and I mean I know I have a, a friend who I work closely in the business and you helped her to conceive her baby and now she has her baby oh, and she was like I cannot believe you're meeting Maria you were like a, a god to her and rightly so and rightly so and I just want to make sure I'm sure you know I'm sure you see their gratitude and you feel it and that yeah. love and respect they have yeah. for you it's a I get huge the, difference it's, it's something that I never post about on Instagram they send me photographs and mm. they send me updates and everything um, but I don't put any of that information on Instagram I, I don't go oh yeah another one of my clients is pregnant because I just to me I, I'm not there to get somebody pregnant because that is beyond me 
I wish that I could just click my fingers and it would happen for them. I am there to educate them and support them to get their cycles optimum, to get their digestion optimum, um, to maybe see their husbands or partners if they need if they need anything, and then hopefully after that, I a lot of these women are so vulnerable, mm -hmm. and. I, I just don't want to put it out there, oh yeah, come and see me and you'll definitely get pregnant because some do and some don't and I, I don't want to take advantage of these vulnerable mm -hmm. women because mm -hmm. you, you know how desperate these yeah. people are. Well, um, come see you and they will have help, support, help no and support judgment, and edu education. Education, hopefully healthier periods mm -hmm. and, and things like that. Yeah, well that in itself is... is well, it's always a good place, to, it's definitely a good place to start, yes. For sure. Maria, thank you so much. It's thank been you. so lovely. It's been really lovely and thank you for your time. Thank you so much for tuning in to my conversation with Maria, aka The Hormone Coach. Um, I really enjoyed that so much and I hope you got something out of it. I can't believe at this stage in my life I'm still learning so much about my body, about my hormones. But it is a bottomless pit of information and I don't think we'll ever all be experts. And the wonderful thing about a woman's body is it's constantly changing. So um, I hope you got something out of it. I wanted to dedicate this week, this episode with um, Maria to all the dads of daughters out there that um, particularly dads rearing um, young girls on their own that may have wondered exactly what's going on with them or how to explain things to them and I hope they got something out of it and also of course all the partners um, just have a little better understanding of exactly how our mindset works and what it is we're experiencing. I know I benefited from the information with Maria and um, so you could only have benefited too. Um, any further questions of course um, Maria is very open on her Instagram and you can go over there check her out and um, thanks again for tuning in. It's I love this topic. I love this topic of conversation. I, I learn so much about myself and also I work with women. All my clients are, most of my clients are female and I am rearing or raising two young girls and I just believe I have a huge responsibility as we all do to educate them and um, keep them well informed so that they can understand their own bodies too. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave me a star rating and a review so my podcast can grow and many more people get to listen. Until next time, take care and thanks again for tuning in. Oh, and um, just as I was about to head off there, I wanted also just to mention we'd spoke again today with Maria about um, some of the negative effects of taking oral contraception pill. I'd touched base on this before with Lara, but... I think this is really important and it's certainly important for me and I wanted to raise these um, side effects because I certainly didn't know about them until after many years of taking the pill. But don't um, think for a moment that I'm also not hugely grateful to the pill for keeping me baby free all through my 20s when I didn't want to have children and for giving a lot of women the power to control their own fertility, which um, is a huge thing. And has been very liberating for women over the years. And I am pro the pill, but I'm pro the pill once you know exactly, as with all medication. Um, I believe everyone should know 
the side effects of it or potential side effects before taking it. And it's pro pro decision, pro choice, but I'm pro informed decision and informed choice.